Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This week's featured cookbook is... Cravings, All Together by Chrissy Teigen. Hi, Johnny. It is Teigen, isn't it? It is. We are not mispronouncing it. We've even heard it come out of our own mouth. That that is how she pronounces it. We're going to single-handedly change the way America pronounces Chrissy's name. Yeah, no, we're not. (laughs) Give us some credit. All right. Welcome to episode 58, Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Um, If you visit our website, which is www.wecookbooks.com and visit the store tab, that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. And we've got a few lists there. Kitchen Essentials for Home Cooks. Also, our favorite cookbooks that we've featured over on the Instagram feed. And a new category, Fun Food Finds, featuring the best, most original products that we love and use on a regular basis in our kitchen. And if you make a purchase from any of those lists, we'll get a little something in return. It won't cost you anything more. And especially this time of year when you're looking for uh, clever gift ideas, look no further. We've got you covered. Right? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Before we jump into this book, why don't we talk about um, kind of what we got in progress at the moment? Okay. um, We are doing, we're working through two books at the same time. We're doing Odolenghi Shelf Love and Death and Company Welcome Home. Yeah. So one's a cocktail book. The other is the most recent book from the Odolenghi Empire. And uh, I'm I'm enjoying both so far. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure what we're doing next up. I, I think we dis- we discussed doing one. Yeah, we are kicking around the idea of doing Treasures of the Mexican Table by Patty Jinich. I think that'll probably be the next one. Probably. I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling Mexican food right now with yeah. it being so cold outside here in Minneapolis. Then after that, I think we need to do some something Indian or something. We got we have an Indian book on. We deck. do. All right. Uh, what are we drinking, by the way? Oh, so it's a hard kombucha. Um, it is from a company called Flying Embers. Um, it's a kombucha that's made with uh, champagne yeast. Yeah, so it's kind of bubbly, effervescent. Mm-hmm. It's not super tart. Like some some kombuchas or some hard kombuchas are really like super mouth puckery and this is um this is really mellow. I'm yeah. enjoying it. And for some strange reason, their ads have been popping up in my social media feeds. Like apparently, you know, Instagram slash Facebook think that I really need this in my life. And you do. And, and they got and me you- really excited. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, kombucha, you know, which is kind of a recent. Uh, I've come around to it recently. Mm-hmm. I, I used to kind of hate it and and not enjoy it. And uh, you sold me on it. Of course I did. And then you know. 
kombucha with champagne yeast, I was like, hey, I'm intrigued. And uh, I searched high and low for this, and uh, it was going all over. Uh, not really, but no. I, if I was in a store that sold alcoholic beverages, I would I would inquire. Yes. And uh, to my surprise, the, the one that we usually go to here in Minneapolis had it in one of their coolers, probably sitting there the entire time. And I've been in there about three different times. It was right up front by the yeah, cash register. Right. <laughs> the place I did not look. I got to uh, say, it's it's a little bit spendy for a four-pack. It was uh, $14. I think it might have been more than that, but yeah. 15 yeah. So thank goodness it's kind good. Of, kind of an indulgence. Yes. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. It might be good in a cocktail, too. Sure. We, we might have to investigate. Well, we bought some... Um, yesterday, we went to like one of these small little maker's markets and it was more primarily focused on food um and we ended up buying this little uh pack of three different um our dogs being weird in the background <laughs> you you don't see her but she she's trying to go behind one of our bookshelves in the living room and uh retrieve something i guess maybe she sees something back there huh. i doubt it Probably not. It's a ghost. <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, so we got these uh, botanical simple syrups that mm-hmm. we're... Uh, are, are, are they shrubs? Artisanal. Are uh, they shrubs or syrups? I don't remember. I don't know what the difference is. The shrub is made... Uh, it's like made with vinegar. It's sour. Oh, okay, okay. I think they're botanicals, if I remember correctly. Either well, way. Well, no, I know they're botanical, but is it a shrub or a syrup? Or a simple syrup. Couldn't tell you. Okay. Don't have it in front of me. Okay. Sounded good at the time. (laughs) Impulse purchase. No, it's botanical. I'm like, well, yes, it is. (laughs) Um. Gosh. I'm sure you had a point for for that. Uh. Well. Oh, because we're yeah, because we're gonna be making some cocktails. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Should we talk about what's for dinner tonight? Uh. Sure. All right. So this one comes courtesy of the Odalangi book that we are currently working on, and it's called Celebration Rice with Lamb, Chicken, and a Garlic Yogurt. And we've, we've had that going this afternoon. We've got some of the prep stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. Probably the most involved dish that we'll be making from the book. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really it. looking forward to I it. I know. It's going to be good. Uh Oh, let's talk holiday cocktail party. Okay. So as we record this, uh, we had just hosted our... We, we try and do a holiday cocktail party uh, annually, but of course with the pandemic, we haven't really been able to do so the last few years. And um, maybe against our better judgment, <laughs> we shouldn't have done one. I know. But as far as I know, no one got sick. Yeah. We did We did request that everyone be vaccinated. We weren't like crazy about it. We didn't like check vaccine cards at the door although you know probably wouldn't have been a bad idea right um but i i trust our friends um and we we had a little turnout at, at our place here in minneapolis and uh it, i think it was a success sure people seemed to enjoy themselves it, it was a whirlwind because well to, if there's only one elevator that you can use to get to because we held it in like the nice community room upstairs because there's a lovely view of the city 
And um, you need a you need a key card to access it. Yeah, and I told it, you this was a very exclusive event here in Minneapolis. Sure. Um, no party crashers here. No. They they gotta they gotta know someone to get inside. No. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there is a lot more room. Um, so at the beginning, like trying to gather people upstairs like I get one text that oh hey we're here and then I get downstairs and I'm overjoyed because there's like four or five groups of people it was like a little surprise for you <laughs> and I come upstairs with like this elevator load full of people and it's like hey you kind of did bring the party because I, you know I there was sure a few did. early arrivals and we were hanging out and mingling and it was kind of getting off to a nice slow start and then all of a sudden you went down to retrieve what you thought was going to be like one couple or one mm-hmm. set of guests and you came up with like you were like the Pied Piper you came, <laughs> you came up with like a dozen people it was great it made it me was so like happy instant party yes and some of some of our guests are people that we have not seen in like 20 20 plus years and uh, you know never let it be said that Johnny and Victoria don't know how to throw a party let's talk food okay um, uh, well let, uh, first of all you made these amazing cookies and this has been kind of the gift that keeps on giving because we gave these to some neighbors in the building and we brought them over to a little impromptu dinner party last night mm-hmm. uh, what'd you make um, I made a and this was out of the um, cookies book um, I, I made a red wine fudgy brownie cookie yep. um, and basically you take two cups of red wine and reduce it down to a third of a cup and that goes into into your batter Um we, we it's, thought it's subtle. There was a whole chapter of boozy cookies yes. in that book, and so we thought this would be a great opportunity to to play around with that and serve our guests some boozy cookies. Mm-hmm. And um, then there was also a shortbread that had a Campari glaze, mm-hmm. and I actually picked that one because I know that there are several, a couple of our friends who absolutely love Campari. That probably introduced us to it long yes. ago. And it, it took me a long time to come around to Campari, but... So glad you did. Yeah, and it was Kinda topped... Like me and kombucha. Right? And it was topped with this um, nice little uh, orange sugar, and oh, it was delicious. Those things disappeared. They sure did. Man. And then, as if that's not all, I mean, we weren't just serving cookies at this affair. Uh, we had a little flatbread situation going. And I, I think I got the ingredients right. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But there was like a tomato garlic confit mm-hmm. on one of them. And then we had one that had like a fig spread with goat cheese, prosciutto, and arugula. Mm-hmm. Classic flavors. Yes. And then we did a cheese platter. Um, and we did, you know, veggies and dip. But we did... what? dips did we get and we just bought them from wasn't one like a pimento cheese oh yeah we had we had a pimento cheese and then we also did um like uh jalapeno artichoke dip um and then but the veggies we did like broccolini we did some uh bell pepper i hope people appreciated it because we were trying not to be too uh, basic and yeah. do like the carrot, baby carrots and celery and you know the typical veggie plate platter thing that you have at a at a event like this. We had some uh, baby, uh, what are they called? Um, baby zucchinis. There you go. And we had uh, green beans and yeah. there was one other thing, but I'm forgetting. 
Peapods. I think it kind of canceled out, you know, the the cookies and alcohol. Right. You know, we were trying to, you know, introduce a, a healthy component yeah. to the party. And then we had a batch. No cock- one really used that treadmill that was in the corner either. Huh? Ne- never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And then we had a batch cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just... Uh, it was this wassail punch from Trader Joe's. Um, kind of like winter spices, mm-hmm. warm spices. I made ice cubes out of that punch. And then... Uh, no regular water ice cubes in here. Uh, nope. And then it was vodka and some ginger ale. Super simple. You threw some orange slices in there too, yeah. right? Yeah. I could have... I We were planning on doing something a little bit more involved, but then we were like, nah, we don't want, we don't want the stress... No, it was perfect, and I mean, we had to refill it a few times, so mm-hmm. it was obviously was a was a popular item. So yeah, sign of a good party, I guess, when you're you know refilling, replenishing your your food and beverages. Yeah, so, so. it was it was very fun. Um, I I did not have a drink till the end of the night, and I I just parts of the night I don't remember because I was just like a whirling dervish trying to go talk to everybody and I obviously I didn't get to have like you know lots of in-depth conversations which is a shame but you know but we had hosting duties and and, uh they prevented us from imbibing too much and uh but I mean this, this was great and then the, the the room we had this in had this giant TV and my initial thought was I was going to put like one of the Yule Log videos, you know, from YouTube or something on there. But then I was starting thinking of like, well, I wonder if there was maybe an alternative to it that's a little bit more interesting. And <laughs> through my searching, I discovered there is a video that you can find on YouTube and it's uh, Nick Offerman, actor of Parks and Rec fame, among other things. Mm-hmm. And he is sitting in front of a crackling fire in a nice, comfy leather chair, sipping a whiskey, and he's staring at you, which might make people a little uncomfortable or creeped out, or maybe they'll be amused by it. And it's probably like several hours long. And once in a while, you know, if you watch it long enough, he'll shift positions, he'll take a sip, but he really is just basically staring at the camera, motionless. You're welcome. Look it up. It was great. Um, so we had that going on. Then we had some uh, music. I compiled a little playlist. I should probably share this with listeners. Maybe put up like a Spotify link or something. But, sure. but it was like a cocktail party mix. So it, it was kind of like just favorite songs of ours in a variety of genres. You know, there was like rock, hip hop, country, jazz, all kinds of stuff, uh, R&B. And then we mixed in what I thought was like a decent amount of like specific Christmas songs, mm-hmm. holiday songs, but it wasn't just specifically like a Christmas playlist because that can get a little old quick. Right. So, Any Anyone who's ever had to work retail yes. in, during the Christmas season, like constant Christmas music is just a nightmare for you. Yeah. Like, ugh. And I tried to pick some interesting stuff that you it, don't it hear was, as often. It was a good playlist. It, it wasn't just, you know, Dean Martin singing about chestnuts and stuff. Kudos so, to you. Yeah, thank you. I, I had a fun time compiling that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we reconnected, you know, we just, you know, if you're listening to this, you know that we just moved back to Minneapolis after being in Chicago for 20 years in, um, in September. And we both reconnected with like childhood friends, Uh 
friends we haven't seen probably since high school. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, some family members, some long lost Minneapolis friends that we haven't seen for like literally decades. Yeah. So it was it was a great event. I, I really had a good time. Absolutely. And uh, no one's no one that I am aware of got sick. Yet. No. So we're we're good. We're in the clear. Yes. All right. Um, should we move on to the show topic? Oh wait, let's let's talk about movies. So we've been watching. Yeah, what have we seen that, oh. that you've enjoyed? We kind of revisited some classics. Yes. Um, Home Alone. Home Alone, which I love. Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. We we, we watched White Christmas. White Christmas. Uh, Christmas Story, and unbeknownst to us. There is a Christmas story too. I think that might be uh, in the queue tonight. Where, where, uh, what's his face? Uh, where Ral- Ralphie wants a, a car? Yeah, I think is it this? takes place a few years later, and apparently he wants a car instead of this Red Rider BB gun. So <laughs> let's see what 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 hilarity Aww. ensues from this. All right. Um, you know what occurred to me when we were watching Home Alone? Uh, with with all the crazy pranks and 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 traps that uh macaulay culkin's character kevin was, yeah kevin McAllister was was setting for for the two crooks uh he's kind of a psychopath yeah you know like what little kid thinks of all those things and and actually like carries them out and stuff kid i wouldn't i wouldn't ther- therapy think, i wouldn't think of like torching the top of someone's head no. sticking, kids got some issues sticking nails on steps Ooh. And then, you know, if you really want to fall down the rabbit hole, there is a YouTube video where uh, an ER doctor goes through all the scenes in the movie where, you know, harm is inflicted on those characters and talks about like in real life, like what would probably happen if, you know, the type of injury that you would get. Um, So it's kind of fascinating. Mm -hmm. But she also pointed out that Macaulay Culkin's kind of a psycho. Yes. So. All right, uh, let's talk about the show topic. This one, by far, received the most input from our listeners than any other previous show topic. So thank you for that. And you're going to have some heavy lifting to do for this because I know that you researched oh, where, for it. where some of these were fun. from. And I didn't get a chance to do that because I was doing no, no, some no other worries. prep for this I'm, show. I'm, I'm so. here for you. I'm not I, I, trying to be lazy. No, and and I hope we can get to most of them, but our apologies if we don't get to your response because we literally had like dozens and dozens and dozens mm-hmm. to pour through. So unless this is going to be a two-hour episode, we're going to have to edit this a bit. Um, but without further ado, the show topic was, without telling us where you live, name a food ingredient or dish that would reveal where you live. See, I kind of wish we would have made, we would have been like, yeah, but tell us where you live just so that like, yeah, so it, we know it, where this is from. It worked out. It worked <laughs> out. A little bit of research, but okay. it was it was fine. Um, you know, I forgot to do the first one, so we'll skip past that one. But uh, let's start with Heather K. Okay, uh, Heather K said Filberts, which so, are hazelnuts. They are hazelnuts. <laughs> um, I would imagine Oregon. Mm-hmm. There, it's kind of where they're most specific to in the United States. Um, it's actually the official state nut in Oregon. Eh? They have an official state nut. 
Sure. Okay. Or hazelnuts. They they said it could go either either way. You can refer to it as either one, and it's the official state nut. You know what the official state nut in California is? Kanye West. Oh God! <laughs> Sorry. See, all of that goodwill that we built up talking about the very serious topic of mental health. I think health he. I think he lives. I think he lives ish. in Montana or Wyoming these oh, really? days. Yes. Oh. So we'll we'll call the state. So hardy har on that one. I know. <laughs> all that goodwill we built up, and in an in an instant, Johnny ruined yep. it with his poor humor. Um, <laughs> let's go to Jackdaw. Juicy Lucy. Obviously, that is from here. So now, if you're not familiar, I think we've talked about this previously, but it's a stuffed burger mm-hmm. with cheese in the center. Mm-hmm. It's specific to Minneapolis, mm-hmm. not just Minnesota. Um, there are two bars here in Minneapolis that claim to have originated it, and there's like spirited debate among locals uh, which one is better. We happen to live by Matt's mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, which is one of the bars. And then there's also the 5-8 Club mm-hmm. that has their own version. So I've had one from both of them. But the, I, I haven't had one from the 5-8 in a long time. Can so I be I honest? They're not that great. It's a little overrated. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't experienced it, by all means, visit Minneapolis. Go get a Juicy Lucy. Let me know your thoughts. We've made them at home. I think they're far superior than what you would get at either bar. I agree, and too. I agree. At the end of the day, it's still just a cheeseburger. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Our friend Chris M said Frango Mints. Now, this is now it occurred to me we're going to get a lot of uh, stuff from Chicago, Uh probably more than any other place I can think of. There are some very Chicago specific things and, and more than one. Um, and as people who lived there for 20 years, we're familiar with all these, and uh, it, it's pretty interesting. So uh, Frango Mints are these chocolate mints, these chocolate truffles. They were, popu- they were created for the Frederick and Nelson department stores, but they were popularized by Marshall Fields, and they were the ones that would uh, sell them and distribute them and became... We, we received them as gifts I remember. I remember, like... They always seemed like when we, they seemed fancy to me at first. Sure. And I'm sure that's how they were marketed. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of a treat. Yeah. Something you'd give as a gift. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda Kay. She said Malort. Uh, now, Malort, uh, very specific to Chicago, dating back to the 1930s. It's a bitter uh, spirit with wormwood as its. Uh, primary ingredient or mm-hmm. botanical or whatever you want to call it um, tastes like burning tires and band-aids band-aids <laughs> um, I actually don't mind it you're on your own with that one yeah I mean I don't have they have this they say that there's this thing called the malort face where and and it actually is a thing like the face that you make when you take a shot and you know people are they have a great social media presence yeah. and they, you could probably get an idea from from visiting their page it's malort m a l o r t um oh so my friend troy p this is kind of an inside joke and it deserves a further explanation said hot dogs boiled in water and when when i read that i was like 
Like, I don't get it because I used to boil hot dogs in water yep. growing up. And I had to explain to her, Victoria, this is not only specific to like a specific city, in this case, Blaine, Minnesota, but a specific time, maybe like late 1970s, early 1980s, when a young Johnny and his childhood friend, Jay Pearson, who I just saw at our cocktail party, <laughs> along with his brother, Troy, um, were like hanging out and his brother, Troy, was was making up some hot dogs for lunch and he had them boiling in a pan. And when he wasn't looking, we snuck into the kitchen and like pulled the hot dogs out and took a bite out of each one. There was probably like three or four of them like bubbling away in there. We took a bite out of each one and like chucked it back in the pot. And then, uh, you know, a few more minutes go by and then all of a sudden we hear you little shits. And then like he came storming into the room and like, I think he like sat on our face and farted <laughs> or something. As you do when you're 10. Of course. So, a uh, little inside joke. Yeah, all right. Good but story. It, but I was amused by it. <laughs> so. um, Kairosi said Marion berries. Which is a type of blackberry. Yes. Uh, specific to Oregon. Okay. It's been proposed to be the state berry. Those those are Oregonians. They're, you know, with their state nuts and state berries. They're a very they're, hearty, they're, crunchy people. They're, they're very busy <laughs> making these proclamations. <laughs> right. Uh, but there, there was some kind of controversy surrounding the proposed state berry. So it's never really been pursued and been like officialized. It's just kind of an unofficial state berry. So okay. there you go. Um, our friend Mike B said bratwurst. And he lives in Wisconsin. Yes. That, that's very specific to Wisconsin. I, I, I get it. Uh, Dean V said lefse. Which is a traditional soft Norwegian flatbread. You know what? I kind of want to give it another try because I know my sister used to make it. She, I think the thing that you do is to put butter and sugar on it. Which does seem kind of gross to me, but I'm willing to give it another shake. Sure. We'll, we'll have to go to Ingebrigtsen's and yeah. pick some up. I mean, we are in the land of uh, Scandinavia. I think I actually saw some the last time we went to yes. Trader Joe's. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Um, Adam S. said, not where I currently live, which is Chicago. We know him from there. But he said, where I grew up, and it's called a horseshoe, which is... A sandwich originated in Springfield, Illinois. Are you ready for this? Oh, God. It's toasted bread, and this is served open face. So it's toasted bread with a hamburger patty, a big old pile of fries on top, and then some cheese sauce ladled on there. <laughs> Sounds like a knife and forker. Sounds like uh, something you'd eat when you're attack. really wasted. <laughs> now, there's a smaller portion available which is referred to as the pony shoe. <laughs> Isn't that cute? That's adorable. adorable. <laughs> is that on the kids' menu? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So both, you know, child and father can ingest large amounts of carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our friend Mimi M said deep dish pizza, which is also another Chicago-specific thing, uh, which is it's basically like a casserole. You eat like one piece and you're done. Oh. You have to take a nap. Our favorite pizza place, Giordano's, there is actually one here. Yeah. And we got Giordano's the other night. It's been months. It was like being in Chicago. Oh, we were so happy. Without being shot at. (laughs) (laughs) It was was lovely. Uh, Ooh, I'll I'll take this one if you don't mind. Sure. This is from my aunt Lori. Okay. um, Who lives in North Dakota. 
And uh, this is pronounced Nefla, and it is a thick German soup with it's, it's, dumplings. It's spelled K-N-O-E-P-H-L-A. Yeah. For those who are wondering. So it's like a German soup, but it's popular in uh, these parts, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. So there you go. Thick um, German soup with dumplings. Okay. I've never had it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, when we visit my Aunt Lori in North Dakota, we'll have some Nefla. Yeah, I don't really want to go to North Dakota. There's probably no reason to. <laughs> really. n- I have zero, literally zero desire to go there. Um, uh, uh, okay, and these are from Instagram. At Cook, I can, uh, said Beaver Tails. Yeah. You is, know that what that a, is? is that like a pastry? It is. Okay. It's uh, native to Canada. It's a fried dough made from whole wheat flour, hand-pulled to resemble, resemble a beaver tail, mm-hmm. thus the name. Toppings can include uh, anything from cinnamon and sugar to Nutella. You'd like that. Yum. Uh, to whipped cream. Okay. That's, that's what it is. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the, at, at the grocery store the other day, they had, um, they had German chocolate fritters. That sounds delicious. And I was dying. I wanted to get one so bad, but no, I can't. You can. No, I've been eating too many cookies. You're lately. an adult. <laughs> I've been eating too many cookies lately. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta wait till after the holiday, uh, the holiday season. Because you got like a big fight coming up where you got like a, a weigh-in <laughs> or something gotta, like I that. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> cut weight. I gotta yep. get on the treadmill with the with the uh, trash bags on me. Yep. And <laughs> The, th- the things you do for your uh, right your for my my love career. of boxing. <laughs> uh, at Mrs. Middle School English said collages. You know what that is? It's another uh, like pastry yeah. type thing. Um, originating in like Czechoslovakia. Uh, it's also popular in Texas. So I, this is one where I don't know if she's from the Czech Republic or if she's from Texas. But it strangely hits popular in Texas for some reason. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, let's see. We can skip a few of them. So at uh, Bandradisha said maple syrup. Canada. Now the, it could be one of two things. Quebec okay. is the number one producer of maple syrup in the world at 7,989,000 gallons per year. That's a lot of maple syrup. Come on, syrup. Quebec, you can do it. Let's go for eight. <laughs> You're so close. I hate the smell of maple syrup because it reminds me of dirty, sticky little kids. I, I, I get it. I used to do gymnastics in a warehouse. and Were you next to like an IHOP or something? I don't know where. there. We would have the the like loading dock doors open in the Maybe summer. Maybe pumping maple syrup fumes in there to like motivate you guys. No, I don't know where it came from, but it always just grossed me out. And I was like, oh, I just think of grimy little hands. Now, uh, number two, a distant number two at 890,000 gallons, wah, wah, is Vermont. So I'm assuming that this oh, person is yes. Quebec or Vermont. Okay. Um, Sorry, that was really rude of me. I just started like going off on my own no. story while you're in the middle of. <laughs> yeah, how giving, odd for this show of <laughs> giving facts. I'm like, by the way, <laughs> uh, you want to take the next one? Um, uh, Nikki Mac twenty six zero three said durian, the dirty diaper fruit. The dirty diaper fruit. Now Thailand and Malaysia produce ninety percent of durian in the world, so I'm assuming they're from. One of those two places. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
at Bussell said, Toad in the Hole, your favorite. Well, it might be my favorite, but... We still don't speak about that one time I tried to make it. (laughs) It was a disaster. I I feel a little, a a slight bit traumatized every time I see a recipe for it. I still have nightmares about it. So (laughs) this is a dish specific to the UK. Uh, It's sausages in a Yorkshire pudding batter. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit of debate about where where the name originated from because... um, Originally, it was referred to in the late 1700s as, how's this grab you? Meat boiled in crust. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds delicious. really roll off the tongue as as nicely as toad in the hole. I mean, but toad in the hole sounds absolutely like terrible. Yeah, there there was some debate about the origins of it. So I really couldn't pinpoint it down or or speak authoritatively about uh, where the origins came from. But uh there's a few different uh, speculations. Okay. Um, at Dom is in the kitchen said Lincolnshire sausages. Is it Lincolnshire? Lincolnshire? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's a pork sausage with sage as the primary uh, herb. Sure. That herb, sounds good. Herb. As, as they say. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's and it's very specific to that to that county. Okay. So, yeah. Um, at cooking from my shelf, um, and I don't know how to pronounce this. It's it's V L A A I. Uh, it's a n- dish specific to the Netherlands or Belgium, and it's like a pie tart situation. So there you go. What is it filled with? I I don't know. I didn't oh. I didn't dive that far down in okay. the rabbit hole of this, but it's 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 native to that area in in Europe. So okay, yeah. Uh, Kiwi B64 said nutmeg. I'm assuming that they're uh, from New Zealand. Nope. No. Uh, Guatemala is the number one producer in the world. Uh-huh. Indonesia okay. is number two. So uh-huh. my guess would be one of those one of those two places. All right. Well, yeah. look at me being so wrong. <laughs> uh, let's see. We had uh, cheese curds mentioned, which is another Wisconsin dish. Uh-huh. We had beignet. Shout out to New Orleans. Uh, another Chicago dish, uh, Giardinera. Giardinera? Giardinera. Giardinera. <laughs> <laughs> I just eat it. I don't pronounce it. Um, oh, here's a good one. At Tash, uh, Tasha G. Gorley. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Uh, who's your pie? You know what that is? I d- actually do not. It is a sugar cream pie native to Indiana. It's actually their unofficial state pie. Sugar cream pie sounds really dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Where is my mind? Um, Okay, go ahead. Sugar cream pie is the (laughs) official sex act of Nevada and the unofficial state pie of Indiana. So you can take your pick. Um, Okay. Okay, at Cook from Books, great name. Uh, sour orange pie. Do you know about that? Are you okay over there? <laughs> Do you need a moment? So this is yeah. This this could go either way. If you you know, if, 
in the in the dark recesses of Victoria's dirty (laughs) mind over there. So this is uh, native to Florida, and this is like this goes back to like pre key lime pie. So it's another kind of like oh, it's like a pie. Is it like a key lime pie, but like sour oranges? Ooh, yeah, right. Wait, but sour oranges? Yeah, apparently that's a thing in Florida. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, there are sweet lemons, so why not? Yeah. Okay. Sure, you learn something new every day. Hit me with the next one. Um, <laughs> nom nom de plume said Henderson's Relish. And that is specific to Sheffield in the UK. It's similar to Worcestershire sauce, but there's no anchovies. Okay. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, one sarcastic egg said haggis. You want to talk about haggis? That would be Scotland. You've actually enjoyed it before, huh? I have. And it's funny because at the time when I had it, I was a veg- I had been a vegetarian for years. But I was like, I've never. Way, way to go off the rails. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Dive I'm... back into the deep end. It was after we um, climbed up. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. It was King Arthur's chair. Arthur's chair. So it's a hike up a mountain. So we went to a pub and. What is that a, a euphemism for? <laughs> what? A hike up a mountain? Yeah. It was an actual hike up a oh, mountain. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was kind of like the, uh, what we were talking about earlier. Like no. The, uh, no, this is not a no. This is not something. a sex act. It's, okay. a, it's an actual like hike up a mountain. Carry like, on. Get, get your get your damn exercise. <laughs> so then afterwards, we found a pub to go to, and uh, I had haggis, and I didn't hate it. It was it's uh, now for the uninitiated. <laughs> it's sheep offal, uh huh, with usually with onion, mm-hmm. oatmeal, mm-hmm. suet. Some spices cooked in a sheep stomach. Yes. It's the original boil in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) It looks, it literally looks like a pile of throw up, but um, I thought it was delicious. I'm surprised you would have liked that. I got really sick afterwards, though, because like I hadn't eaten meat for so long that it kind of threw my body into turmoil. But I mean, and I know it wasn't. It wasn't all those. uh vodka sours you were drinking or something i didn't drink vodka sours <laughs> over there are you kidding me what was your drink of choice over there uh it was either cider or beer or cider i also like the cider with the uh black currant in it too um All right. but usually i i drink i drink a lot of beer over there as you do as as yes a um, pint you had a pint had a pint. He had a few pints. Yeah. Uh, had a vote for uh, lobster. Lobster. Which yeah, I guess would be Maine. <laughs> uh, ooh, this was a good one. At Grandma's Retro k- Kitchen said Coney Dogs. Um, Coney Island. Well, originated in Michigan of all places, and it's a hot dog topped with a meat sauce, yellow mustard, and diced white onion. Right? So it's kind of like a... Kind of like a chili, maybe like a chili dog kind without of. beans sure. and mustard. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I huh. think the diced white onion would turn me off a yeah. bit. Especially if they're raw, which I'm assuming they are. I'm just not down with hot dogs with a bunch of like shit slathered on them so that it's hard to eat. Ooh, here's a good one. Okay. At 
Lisworld86 said, uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Hangi? Mm-hmm. Uh, New Zealand. This is cooking food on heated rocks that are buried in a pit. So it's kind of like the, you know, throw food in, cover okay. it up, and then you heat it up. And and I, I think it, as, as best I could make out, and listeners, you can certainly correct me if I'm wrong, which, you know, I often am. Uh, it's more referring to like this technique or method than like a very specific dish. Okay. So it's like there's a lot of things that could fall under this hangy category, but I think fish is a popular option. And so, yeah. You know what the next one is? Uh, Taylor ham. Yeah. This comes from at Langcore Bakes. Do you know about Taylor ham? No. It's uh, native to New Jersey. Okay. It's a pork roll. It's like a pressed meat, pressed ham roll. Probably not unlike spam or something. (laughs) 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 Sounds delicious, huh? Sure. Uh, Another uh, shout out to Chicago, Italian beef. Yes. Um, Do you know about Old Bay? Uh, I don't know exactly where it's from. Maryland. Okay. Crab boils. You put it in lots of seafood boils and... We just saw a recipe. It was it online on social media. It popped up in our feed, and it was like a uh, hot cocoa with with old bay sprinkled on top of it. I don't know. Hmm. I, 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 I'd have to go and dip my finger in the old bay to see exactly because we don't use it very often. And I, by dip the finger in the old bay, you're talking about dipping my finger into the spice. Oh, jar. okay, okay, just checking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, whose mind is in the where is it now, huh? It's it's the sparkling kombucha talking. <laughs> sure. Um, at Wonder and Sundry said Parker House Rolls. Do you know about these? Is that New Orleans? No, it's uh, Boston. Okay. Originated at the Parker House Hotel in the 1870s. Jeez, look at me. I don't know anything. And I guess what makes them unique is you flatten them with a rolling pin before you bake them. So they have this kind of like, I don't know if it's like an oblong shape or something. Or, okay. Yeah. But I I love that it can be traced back to a very specific place that is credited with with inventing them. Not like this uh, Juicy Lucy debate that will probably (laughs) never be resolved. Um, Ooh, the next one's a good one. Kitchen Bookshelf said Burnt Ends. Now, this is another one. It traces back to Arthur Bryant's Barbecue in Kansas City, Missouri. I love that they can, like, pinpoint this stuff. So... Previously, barbecue places, when they would trim brisket, they would discard those burnt ends but why? From the because they <laughs> thought that no one wanted them. Oh. And he had the genius idea of saving these, mm-hmm. chopping them up, and then he would give them away to the people that were waiting in line for his barbecue. There you go. A uh, little freebie. Little little something while they're waiting. Then people come in next time and they're like, "Hey, you got any more of those burnt that's exactly ends?" Exactly what happened, and then it became a thing. Oh right. Okay, we're at the end of the list. <laughs> Finally, if you are still with us, thank you. Yes, uh, this comes from at uh, Food Seventeen feed. We save the best for last. Jelly deals. Jelly deal. <laughs> you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Do you know where this originates from? No. London. Uh, it is uh, traditionally served cold. It's eels. Although jellied, I'm not surprised. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Eels boiled in spiced stock and allowed to cool. And then as it solidifies or cools down, it, it kind of jellies. And that's how it's 
I've never had it. Have you? Uh-uh. Huh. See, to me, I was thinking it was like something like eel in like a seafood aspic or something. Because, you know, the, the meat aspic is supposed to be making a big return. I'll, I'll <laughs> leave that to others to enjoy. Yeah, I don't I don't think I mean, just by definition, I just don't think I would. This would be my jam. But I love eel, I mean, though. I'll, I'll give anything a shot once. I'll yeah. keep an open mind, but I don't think I would like it. Um, what do you have for your pick? Um, I would say Lefsa. Okay. And uh, tater, tot cat, tater tot hat dish. Nice. And green bean casserole. Okay. Um, both of which I think are not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Um, I could have went a few different ways, but I, I chose the Juicy Lucy because not only is it specific to Minnesota, but to Minneapolis. Okay. And so I figured like, you know, that's if anyone, if it's like, you know, it's like Biggie said, if you don't know. Now, now you, you know. know. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I figured Juicy Lucy was probably the best option to pick. Okay. Unless you were going to pick something like Grain Belt Beer or something like that. or That is very, that is also very specific yes. to here. Or I guess you could say something like uh, Pillsbury flour or something like that gold medal flour there you go yeah either one is pillsbury here oh yeah okay minneapolis thing minnesota Uh, thing i thought it was just gold medal we we i mean we were once like you know the the milling capital of the world i think and fyi in case you didn't know flour is flammable Uh, yes one of the one of the flour mills here burnt down it's in the mill city history museum yep uh Big explosion, yep. burnt down. Job hazard back in the day. Right. Think, especially with all those people that were probably smoking while they were working. <laughs> I know. Didn't take much. To... All, all the 10-year-old kids working there that are smoking and, you know. Yep. <laughs> Be careful out there, kids, when you're on the job. <laughs> working at the flour mill. All right. So I suppose we've wasted enough time. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the book. This is what we're here for. The main event. Right? Uh, this is the third offering from Chrissy Teigen, uh, referred to by herself as Cravings 3, and it's not uh, misleading at all. Uh, this book is in many ways a continuation of the first two wildly popular books. Um, Which we have not worked out of. Yeah, we keep talking about mm-hmm. it, and this is actually the first one that we featured. Um, but it features a lot of clever twists on the simple classic kind of comforting dishes that everyone knows and loves. Um, This one has a particular focus on feeding the people that you love. Um, It was created during the pandemic. And uh, in addition to the food photos, the book is scattered with pictures of Tygen's own freakishly gorgeous family. They're very beautiful. It's a good-looking family. Yep. Um, (laughs) Their kids are adorable. Yes. Uh, so like the book, we'll keep the praise short and we'll let the meals do the talking. All right. Let's talk about what we made. So we made uh, veggie and shirataki noodles with the yoki broth. I'm just going to bullet point all this really quick. Yep. Um, salt roasted yams with a lime yogurt sauce, pine nuts, and hot honey. Um, couscous salad with apricot and basil dressing. Chicken noodle matzo ball soup. Quiche Lorraine baguette. And you forgot one. John's jerk shrimp and grilled pineapple salad. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot that one because I had, I didn't even taste it. 
Yep. Didn't make it, didn't taste it. And it's at the bottom of the page and I just didn't <laughs> see it. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> All right, let's talk this veggie and shirataki noodle with yolky broth. Okay. So shirataki noodles, um, a lot of a lot of them are made with like they'll call them like tofu shirataki noodles. They're very low calorie. Like an entire package is 20 calories per package. Yeah. We usually have a few kicking around in the fridge for a makeshift lunch. Yeah, I'm it's kind of like one of my preferred go-to lunch because it's low in calories and I can add a bunch of stuff to it. And I like when I buy ramen noodles, I'll buy the air-dried ramen noodles. And, um, a little healthier we'll, for you? Yeah, well, we'll usually use those like when we make ramen. And I'll just like save the soup packets. So I'll do like I usually like use those soup packets with the shirtakis when I'm making lunch. Ooh, can I say this? Yes. Umami. Umami. Right? I got it right. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> last time you were like, umami. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's my new year's resolution is to uh actually pronounce names correctly right so i'm off to a great start um anyway these they're like low in calories high fiber uh low carb um they smell like ass when you open the packet so don't be alarmed by that give them a good rinse and then you boil them on its own. Um, but anyway, this this had uh, veggies. Uh, it had thinly sliced veggies, zucchini, summer squash, red bell pepper, cucumber, and carrot. It's kind of like a salad with noodles. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of jalapeno for uh, some heat. heat and then jammy eggs. Um, I had, It was good. I feel... I thought that the broth could have been a little bit more flavorful sure um and i mean i enjoyed it okay yeah um also it does not reheat well for uh leftovers the next day the veggies were obliterated they were mush yeah that is that is true i remember that so it was deeply unpleasant to eat like leftovers yes so did Sho- you shove it all in at once? Yeah, I think I that was another dish that I kind of hate ate. Yeah, you know, it was it was leftovers for lunch the next day, and I was just like, ah, I just need something in between, you know, what I'm doing at work, and I'll I'll just cram this in. Yeah. Oh, but, and I forgot to did I forget to mention that there was like a a soft boiled egg? Yes, uh, okay. soft boiled egg, jammy egg. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to salt roasted yams with a lime yogurt sauce, pine nuts, and hot honey. Okay, here's the thing. You're my hot honey, right? (laughs) Thank you. Here's the thing. And it really annoys me. She calls them yams, but she's like, they're actually sweet potatoes. Call them sweet potatoes because yams and sweet potatoes are two completely different things. So let's let's call this salt roasted sweet potatoes. Let's. Yes. Um, Actually, this one was delicious. Um, you take some coarse sea salt, put on a sheet tray, roast your sweet potatoes on there. Apparently, the sea salt helps it caramelize a little bit better. Uh, it's yeah, that was kind of a new technique for us. I'd never, I'd never heard of it. Uh, I mean, salt is cheap enough, so we we 
stacked a big pile high on the sheet tray. Yeah. Uh, once the taters are taters are roasted, you. Did you say taters? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I did. Taters. <laughs> Um, you sprinkle a little bit of honey with red pepper flake. Um, Thus the hot honey mm-hmm. name, I guess. And then there's a yogurt with some lime juice in it. Uh, pine nuts, cilantro. It was really delicious. And yeah. I would much rather see this kind of stuff at a holiday gathering than the shitty like candied yams. With the marshmallows? Ugh. <laughs> Not a fan. Oh. Like <laughs> my is? teeth start falling out of my head one by one just looking at those. All right, you want me to talk about uh, Jerk and John shrimp? Please do because <laughs> I have zero to say about it. Uh, this comes courtesy of Chrissy Teigen's husband, R&B the, singer. The fabulous John Legend. John Legend. Uh, it was a perfect choice for one of our surf and turf nights where I eat shrimp and Victoria eats a steak as big as her head. No, it's not really that big. I always, a, I always have leftovers. Yeah, you do. It's a very large <laughs> steak, though. Uh, the jerk seasoning provided the perfect base for seasoning the shrimp. And then it was just shrimp, pineapple, red onion, grilled, and then scattered over a, green, a bed of greens and drizzled with a dressing that was like a lime, orange juice, honey, cilantro, jalapeno situation. See, so. this is, I think this is like the fourth time you've said situation. Probably. <laughs> um, can I offer my armchair opinion on this, sure. even though I didn't taste it? I, it's never stopped you before. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> um, to me, the pineapple, I don't like pineapple in hot, savory situations. Situations. See, I got you saying it now. No, I didn't mind it. I okay. mean, I think it's kind of a classic pairing. I mean, I don't think with any Jerk of these recipes, yeah, yeah, yeah. like she's trying to reinvent the wheel. You're not going to find any like crazy innovative dishes, but I don't think that's what her or her audience is really craving. No, I totally <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. I yeah. totally agree with you. Um, the next one was a couscous salad with uh, apricot. Do you say apricot or apricot? I say apricot. I say apricot too. Apricot basil dressing. Um, I really like this recipe. It used Israeli couscous, which is the bigger uh, couscous. Uh, Moroccan couscous is a smaller version, which That's you commonly like it's see. Everywhere. It does. It's it's like second only to glitter on your Christmas tree right? that you'll be like cleaning up for months to come. Couscous, glit- glitter, and quinoa yep. just make a big mess every time. But the Israeli couscous is more like pearl, like mm-hmm. almost like, uh, is it like orzo? No, because like, orzo is oblong. Okay. Um, Similar in size though? No. No, well, I don't know. Oh, carry on. I, I think it's kind of apples and oranges. Okay. <laughs> They're I mean, similar but, in size. But they both are like, yeah, I know. Um, the dressing on here was delicious. It was a bunch of shit blended up in the Vitamix. Yeah, it, it, it was apricots. A, a clever combination of flavors. Yeah, apricots, uh, white wine vinegar, basil, honey, Dijon and garlic. And the couscous also had some uh, dried cherries. Go on. 
and chickpeas. Yes. <laughs> Would you shut up? Um, apricots, almonds, and a bunch of basil. Um, it was delicious. It makes a, a metric ton. We had some leftover and we put it out at a brunch the next day. That's right. Yes. But that that dressing was off the chain. I yeah. loved it. It was really good. Um, I like that combination of flavors. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk chicken noodle matzo ball soup. Um, so this was one that I think co-author Adina Sussman uh, kind of adapted from her mother's recipe. Her, her late mother's recipe. Yeah. Um, it was a large portion. It could feed a small army. I think we reduced the recipe. Because no, we no, we didn't. We did not. No, absolutely oh, not. Okay. Um, not that we'd be mad at having leftover chicken matzo ball soup. I know we had to. Okay, some of the. It seemed like there were a lot of extra. God bless Adina Sussman. She is amazing at what she does. Yep. If you haven't checked out her cookbook, Sababa, do so because yes. it was one of our favorites of last year. And you know what? It's your mom's recipe, so do your mom's recipe. Like. I who am I to you know to judge so, it? To to say the amount of chicken in this was generous is an understatement, right? It had a whole chicken plus a couple chicken breasts. <laughs> the broth was fantastic. It was, but it also called for like parsnips and onion and carrots and celery, I believe, to be cooked in with. All of this at the same time, the veggies get obliterated. We did not, we didn't do that. Like we, we kept the veggies separate. We didn't put parsnips in because I think they're fucking gross. Well, and a lot of recipes like this where they're long simmering times, if you throw everything in at the same time, that's going to be the result. Yeah. And I challenge anyone to achieve a different result. Mm -hmm. If you're throwing in chicken that you need cooked fully through at the same time of, as veggies and stuff, they're not all going to get done at the same time. No. Something's going to get overcooked. And the recipe also called for the matzo balls to be cooked separately along with the egg noodles. I, I per- fucked them up the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. You sure did. I don't know what I did, but they were not good. The, 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 the dough was runny. It was soupy. And then he tried to f- fix it up by adding semolina flour Oof. in it. it. No. It wasn't good. No. Um, I had so. to make an emergency run to the grocery store to get matzo ball soup mix. No, you got the regular. No, you just got matzo ball or you got the matzo mix. Right, that's what I mean. Matzo yeah. ball soup mix. Or, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> just the matzo meal. Yes. <laughs> um. So what we did was we added the matzo and the noodles in at the end just to save a few extra steps. I did like the um, addition of the egg noodles because traditionally like a a chicken matzo ball soup wouldn't have noodles in it. And this is like a chicken matzo noodle soup. I see to me it felt really redundant. I mean, the soup was freaking delicious, but to me the noodles felt redundant. Like, oh, because you already have the car, matzo balls in there? Yeah. Okay. So Fair. Um, and we put the veggies in a little bit later so they weren't super mushy and whatever. Yeah. But it was the soup was delicious. Agreed. So. All right. Last dish. 
Quiche Lorraine Baguette. Yes. I was kind of so-so on this one. Uh, I, I know you were. I yeah. don't think it was a super successful recipe. Okay. Um, because the bread... I, okay, so here... <laughs> this is another one I fucked up. <laughs> so it calls for like a dense... Uh, baguette bun roll what have you with with like some structure to it because you have to hollow it out and then all of your ingredients kind of go inside this uh you know boat bread, bread boat yeah for lack of a better word and you know kudos to you my wife because you've been hollowing out rolls buns and baguettes for as long as i can remember. i know bagels too yep ahead of the curve <laughs> now everyone's doing it sweeping the nation right um I'm a trendsetter. So, the, so the, <laughs> so the first thing that I bought was I can't remember what it was. It was a ciabatta. Yeah, and it and just had these big giant, air pockets. Yeah, and, and it, I think we had it sitting on our. It was we like wrapped it, and it was sitting on our. Like for some reason, we weren't able to get to this recipe for a so, few days. Right, right. So this bread was so dry. And, and then just, we tried to hollow it out and it just ripped and then there was like <laughs> holes in it. So there was a leak in the boat. So we were like, no, we yeah. need, we need. I mean, if you start dumping this filling and liquid in here with a leaky boat, it's going to be a disaster. Uh, uh, mayday, yeah, mayday. Exactly. So Johnny went downstairs and grabbed a baguette from the market downstairs. The Lifesaver. Of, yeah, advantages of having a market right downstairs in your building. Um, okay, so this also has spinach, onion, mushroom, ham, uh, Gruyere cheese. quiche Lorraine ingredients. And the mushroom and onion. Oh, and a little bit of garlic. The mushroom and onion are cooked beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then you make um, your egg custard. And so and that... It gets baked in the oven. Yep. That gets... Po- the, all that gets put into your baguette boat. Um, but I felt like... For as long as it took the custard to like fully set, like for your quiche to fully set, mm-hmm. the bride got a little bit crunchy. All aboard. <laughs> Victoria's not on board with this. <laughs> no. All right. Fair. Well, let's discuss our rankings. But before we do, I wanted to uh, share the most critical Amazon reviews. Now, this one was interesting, and this, I think this is the first time we've encountered this. So this is, you know, for lack of a better term, this is a celebrity cookbook. Mm-hmm. Chrissy Teigen. Chris, oh, see, I did it. Ah. Chrissy Teigen is not a chef. Um, and... She's very messy online. Yes. Let's just say some of her previous behavior on social media has been problematic and I yeah. think she would be the first one to admit that. Mm-hmm. So it should be noted that there were several one-star reviews for this book, um, probably two or three dozen of them, with no real constructive criticism. And if, in fact, many simply just had one-word reviews such as trash or terrible, while others made reference to Chrissy's online persona Um but it did cause us to wonder if some of these reviews were really legitimate. Um, and we don't want to discuss that or fall down that rabbit hole yeah. on this episode. But since we're only interested in critical reviews with some actual substance to, you know, relating to the cookbook, we chose to a few that provided some additional 
information to the cookbook rather than just a commentary on Chrissy's personality. Um, so, without further ado, the first one is by uh, Amazon reviewer Jen. Do you want to do that one? Sure. Uh, right. She gave it one out of five stars. Uh, returned. I love the first two books, my most used cookbooks. I got this and was disappointed. There were very few recipes I'd want to make. The ones I did were similar to previous ones in her other books, which I had no, I like, I can't say right. yes or no to since I haven't worked out of her other books. Uh, the photos in this one are not as good as the previous ones, nor do the captions entice me or make me laugh as much. Hate to say, a lot of the Chrissy photos give woman eating salad meme vibes. Dis <laughs> Disappointing. I all assume you around. know what that means because that kind of. I do not. I, no, I actually don't. Okay. Maybe nope. it's a thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, this one comes from Amazon customer 8754. Uh, one out of five stars said, the most basic crap. If you're looking for a cookbook full of food that you've been making for years without a recipe, this is the book for you. See, I feel like that review is kind of bullshit. Yeah, probably. I feel like they're like, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's jump into our rankings. Okay. Uh, starting with food photography and styling. What'd you have, Victoria? I gave it a three. Um, I get that it is on brand for her. But there were so many photos of her and her family. And, yes, you know, um, beautiful as they are, it's just not my jam, personally. Gotcha. Um, as for, like, you know, the food, though, there were... Um, you know, the food was like being dug into or, to cons or being consumed. Lots of crumbs all around. Um... One of the things that I noticed is a lot of the macro photos. And I don't know, like, if I've shown you this before in my Lightroom. When I don't have my light source right up, because I take all my photos on iPhone. Um, and when I do a macro setting, if I don't have... Professional photographers everywhere are <laughs> gasping, clutching their pearls. If, if, I, don't <gasps> ha if I don't have my, my light source really up close, the photo turns out dark and i feel like that's what that is how some of the macro photos looked with an i'm sure Just they saying. were not i'm <laughs> sure they were not um but there uh, that was just something i noticed some of the photos look like they had a weird like 60s uh like old timey filter on them okay it was just something that I very randomly noticed. Um, but there were also photos that were uh, hard light, beautiful shadows. Um, there was good and bad in here. And yeah. I've. Well, yeah. it should be noted that the photographer, Alex Lau, uh, up until recently, was a staff photographer at Bon Appetit magazine and certainly has a distinctive style. And if you've paged through the magazine, you can probably envision what the photos look like. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? No. What did you give it? I gave it a three as well. Okay. Um, not every food photo is what would traditionally be interpreted as 
appetizing, quote unquote. I agree. I totally For agree example, with you. There was a shrimp and tuna ceviche <gasps> on I know. Crust. It looked it's gross. Page 54 of the book. It looked if like you, it was if you, sweaty. If you're playing along at home. It was very pallid and uh-huh. it had this weird color filter on it. Yes. Like you referred to earlier, like a very 70s. Like if you were going through the different Instagram filters and uh-huh. you just choose one that made it look very like kind of retro, like it was taken with a Polaroid. Okay, see, I'm so glad I'm not alone No, no, not at that. all. Because there, and that was just one example, but there were like a few photos in there where I was like, really? I know, I agree with you. Like there if, was a if, tempura if, photo if, that I thought like it, the food just looked disgusting. Yeah, like if your goal, yeah, I know the one you're talking mm-hmm. about, and it was a like a fried scallion one too that had a similar aesthetic, and and I was oh, just kind of no, like, it it was like a um a meat like a I want to say it was a kofta, but that's not the correct term for it. It wrapped around a scallion on a grill. Is that what you're talking about? Possibly. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, it just it just had some strange filters. Uh, lots of unstylized photos, again, in uh-huh. quotes, um, even though they were obviously very stylized. Correct. They worked with a stylist. and uh, Lots of what I call candid shots of Chrissy and her family. Um, even though they were obviously staged, they just came across as really strange to me. So, like, there was one where Chrissy's sitting on her kitchen counter in this gorgeous dress with what appears to be whisked egg in a bowl and she was dropping it with her fingers into a pot. Um, who does this? Oh, you know there, what I mean? No, well, no, there is, there is a soup in there. It's an egg soup mm-hmm. where you do that. No, but sitting on your counter... It was weird. I know. It was weird. Because it was supposed <laughs> okay, to be like very it. casual and very candid and you know, oh hey, you caught me in a moment I making have, dinner and I'm just like, who hops up on the counter? I have counter? never cooked with my ass on the counter. No, no. Ever. It was weird. <laughs> it was very like kind of like editorial, like something mm-hmm. that would look for like it, it it looked more like a photo that would be included if someone was doing this like profile or interview yes. with Chrissy Teigen instead of a cookbook photo. Yeah. It, so it, I don't know. I didn't get it. Um, in an effort to create these kind of impromptu photos, they actually just came across to me as very odd. Um, <laughs> I like the selection of, <laughs> of surfaces that the food was shot on. But okay. again, they're by no means natural looking. There was lots of fabrics. Mm-hmm. They were really gorgeous, but it was just like for something that more broadly was supposed to be kind of unfussy and unstylized, those fabrics and the surfaces that the food was shot on seemed very thoughtfully chosen and there was and, some and there was one stylized. fabric that looked like like your grandma's scarf yes. or something <laughs> um lots of harsh shadows and color satur- saturation and we talked already about the the photographer and mm-hmm. so i did like the props there was a lot of good uh props in there okay i agree throughout the book a lot of a lot of good uh you know dinnerware flatware glassware stuff like that so three Okay, design and layout, what'd you give it? I gave it a three as well. Okay. Um, so there was these kind of crude illustrations throughout the book. I noticed that too. I don't know who did them. I was trying to look and maybe it was mentioned somewhere, but I didn't see. Who it, knows? It, Chrissy or her kids that's probably That's what I did was them. wondering. And, I'm, and I'm sure. I'm sure. And there might be probably. a story behind it, but then I, I feel like maybe they should have kind of 
made that a little bit more clear because like that's like that's a nice story that's a nice narrative mm-hmm. and like nowhere in the credits or the acknowledgments did I see any mention of like who did those illustrations but they're these very kind of crude food illustrations throughout um there was a bonus recipe at the end of the book you have to go to the, like the very last page and it's like these uh Giardetto stuffed pitas and it's really simple like Open up a pita, stuff some like Giardetto's. It's like that, like almost like Chex Mix, mix or something. Oh, gross. And I hate put, that like, shit too. And you put melted butter inside and it's like a junk food kind of late night snack thing. And I just thought it was funny because it was like amusing and kind of like a nice touch. Like just a little tip of the cap. Like, oh, are you still following along? Are you still reading this book? You know, because this comes after the index and everything else. Um, eh, it was kind of funny. Um Chapters are divided into the usual suspects. So there's like breakfast, uh, sides, suppers, fish, seafood, salads, that kind of thing, desserts. Aside from a two-page introduction by Chrissy in which she speaks quite candidly about her personal traumas since the second book was released and more broadly the challenges that are thrust upon the world due to the pandemic and different political stuff that's going on. There's really no extra material. No, there's not. It just kind of jumps into the recipes. Um, Can I just say to that note, like they were actually, Adina and Chrissy were working on this book when COVID hit. Sure, yeah. And Chrissy was also, Chrissy suffered like a very personal loss. She mentioned in the book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this book was in like starts and stops sure. and yeah. Um, the head notes in the recipe are, are pretty amusing. Like she's, she's got a wicked sense of humor and she's she, really funny. She, and she really does. And I appreciated that. And those are fun to read. Um, there's this weird, I don't know how else to describe it, like this blocky font. I hate the font <laughs> that so fucking much. In in the chapter titles, the recipe titles, you're either going to love or hate it. Uh, I think it's deeply ugly. Yes. The layout of the book between these like crude illustrations that we've discussed already, the font choice, and then the random photograph sizes and their placement create this design that doesn't really feel um for lack of a better word like polished or cohesive to me mm-hmm. um and and i i get that this is not supposed to be this like polished professional looking book it's supposed to be a little bit more casual but i i feel like there's ways of doing that uh that would be different from how they did this yeah and you could achieve that same vibe and I just, I just feel like this was a real misstep. Um, the chapters individually all have these different color palettes. And the pages are tinted to these different color shades. And then the fonts for the recipe titles have that same kind of color palette. It drove me and crazy. So, it was hard to read. Yes. So hard. some of them were very hard I mean, to read. I, I stopped short of saying that they were difficult to read, but they certainly don't pop like they would if it was just plain black printing on those same pages. 
which is, you know, to be fair, like all the ingredients um, and the methods are in like plain black print. Mm -hmm. But the recipe titles themselves and even the chapter titles are in that same kind of. So like, for instance, it'll be like a pink color palette for this chapter. And then all the recipe titles are in like a similar like pink color with that weird font. Well, and though they also have the... um there's like the up in the corner, there's like the serving size or the servings, the active time and the total time. Those things are written in black. Right. And then the actual like numbers are written in the core, the, the color. Right. It's so hard to see. Yeah. What did okay. you give it? I gave it a 3.5, but I'm knocking it. Like the more I think about it, I'm knocking it down to three. Boom. Um, and pretty much I have, I agree with everything you're saying. It was broken down into six sections, but there is a section called suppers, which was broken down into subcategories. Correct. Like meatless or, you know, like poultry or beefy. Yeah, there was um, like fish and seafood, mm -hmm. salads, poultry, veggie, all the usual suspects that a lot of books are kind of divided into. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but there was also like a little section like uh, on top of the page where it was like it had the servings, the amount of servings, the active time, the total time. And then if there were any notes, it would be on the bottom of the page in that annoying color that you can't read. And not every recipe had that same format. Like, you know, sometimes there'd be little tips and tricks mm -hmm. or suggestions and then others. There were, it, it was... Like I said, it, it felt a bit disjointed to me. Mm -hmm. um, Agree. Should we move on a degree of difficulty? Yes. What'd you have? I gave it a 2.5. Like, nothing was super hard. That soup had so many extra steps. Um, other than that, I didn't feel like anything was particularly difficult. Okay. How about you? Uh, I gave it a 1.5. I really? think this is the first point five rating that I ever <laughs> gave a book, but I felt it was appropriate. Um, most recipes feature minimal ingredients and minimal active prep time, usually under 40 minutes. I don't think I encountered anything that was over that. There, there are some things that require longer, like simmering or baking times, but the active time, they keep it pretty simple. There's plenty of things in there that are just like 15 minutes active time. Even the dessert recipes are quite simple. I mean, a lot of them are kind of simplified versions of what you would consider like a classic dessert. Yeah. Um, since Chrissy's not a chef, I think the recipes reflect her skill level and presumably mm -hmm. that of her audience. Um, the recipes do seem solidly tested and reliable for the most part. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I know that they did have in the acknowledgments like the, there were recipe testers and stuff. So they, you know, they spent some time fine-tuning these and it shows mm -hmm. we didn't really encounter any major flaws with the recipes or anything um so yeah 1.5 okay i think this is something you could give to a you know any kind of beginner home cook taste i gave it a four okay um well nothing blew me away i thought everything was tasty i mean we've talked a little bit about you know like maybe things didn't be they weren't great as leftovers but as you know the dish that was served that day they were fine 
Um, I wasn't blown away by anything. I gave it a 3.5. Okay. Like, the shirataki soup was solidly okay. Like, sure. I probably wouldn't... I probably wouldn't make it again, or I would do something to it. You'd jazz it up. I would jazz it up. You'd um, add some flair. I absolutely would. Uh, the quiche baguette, I think... You probably wouldn't make that again. I wouldn't make it again. Um, I get you. So, yeah. I mean... But I do get like the like taste level. I think I feel like the recipes were pretty well tested and whatnot. But I don't know. All right. Hey, we got some celebration rice to go eat. We do. Let's let's okay. let's take this one home, Victoria. Cool. So if you enjoyed the show, please rank and review us. Uh, you can follow us on our socials. Uh, our face or Facebook is at We Cook Books. Our Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. You know what time it is, Victoria. Make me laugh. I did last week. <laughs> I redeemed myself. You absolutely did. Um, we've talked before about like the many different jobs we've had mm-hmm. in our adulthood. Um, what I don't think I've mentioned is that one time that I used to run a dating service for chickens. <laughs> sure. It was, it was brief, but I'm not surprised. I was really struggling to make hens meet. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, right? Oh my god, you couldn't come up with something better than that. Uh, you want another one? Do yes, please. Um, you know what a lawyer's favorite drink is? A subpoena colada. <laughs> <laughs> Success! I redeemed myself. Oh my god, I just cackled. That's disgusting. Uh, no, it's okay, great. everybody, please be safe. Like it's getting bad again. again. So we we didn't think we'd be saying this two years in, but be safe. <sighs> be safe. Stay hungry. Thanks Bye. for listening.